Okie dokie. Do the thing. Do the thing. It's time okay. to do it. It's time to do it. Okay, hey there. This is Lucy. I'm Sam. And we're so fucking sorry. And today we're getting a little ramble brambly and we're going to talk about a bunch of things. Uh, but one of those things is, uh, am I the asshole? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, preface. There is a website called Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you've heard of it. Um, I'm not gonna explain Reddit, but basically there's a subreddit, which is just, like, a page where people talk about, a, like, a certain topic, depending on the whatever it is. Um, I was watching a content creator named Northern Lion, and he, he was making judgments on this subreddit about am i the asshole so people take their stories whether they're real or not and post them on am i the asshole for self-gratitude or to figure out if they're completely wrong and need to like start making views basically like uh there's some people out there that just don't understand what's going on with the world <laughs> and they need someone to tell them what's up so we're gonna tell them what's up because we are we're gonna be those people we are very obviously an authority in all aspects of the world. My qualification, I got uh, knighted by the queen, not a lie, don't look it up, and that means I speak directly for her. <laughs> so I know everything. My qualification, I woke up today. Okay, let's go. Um, so I'm just gonna read this out. Yeah. Do, if you have something you really wanna like talk about, you can stop me, but other than that, I'll read through it and then we can go back. All right, right so there. the first thing is this person made a throwaway account, uh, so they made a new account that's not tied to their real account so that they don't get uh, uh, linked to the post. They say, oh. I feel this might be a tad unprofessional to ask, so out of overabundance of caution, I do not want this attached to my main account. Okay, scary. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what's bad when you have to preface this with... I don't want anybody to know I did this. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this is one of those examples of like, they're like, this is my thought process. Am I dumb? And everyone's will tell you if you're dumb. Okay. Okay. Anyway, on Tuesday, I assigned a creative writing assignment for my students. For context, they're 11th graders. We're working in high school. They, mm -hmm. had, a, they had Wednesday to work on it, then a four day long weekend to finish it, edit it, to be submitted on Monday. I fucked up on two verticals. Vertices. Fuck, I can't read. Verticals, verticals is not fine. a word. Well, could be. I'm teaching four classes this semester, and I assign this to all four on the same day, so on Monday I will receive about 90 short stories to read and grade. Oh no. I set a minimum of one page. I did not set a maximum word count. Oh no. <laughs> I've been blowing through them about a, at about a rate of 15 a day, shortest to longest, but it's going to get so much harder to keep up the pace now. The last nine are at least 4,500 words long, but still, it's doable. I swear to God, one of my students wrote a fucking novella. I ran it through a word counter, and the thing is 22,000 words long. <laughs> he did it in five days. I am so tempted to just read the first chapter or two and give him a 105% on the assignment, but would I be the asshole if I did that? I mean, he put in all that work, but sweet Jesus. Would it ever harm him if I didn't? Would it just straight up be unprofessional? It is a sci-fi story, literally my most hated genre. Oh no. It's like this behemoth of a 
coordinated attack against me. I can read a short story, but I don't want to read this whole last novella. But do I have to? Next time the cap is 10,000 words. 5,000 if it's sci-fi. Damn. <laughs> uh, there is extra context. He asked for an extension on Monday so he could have time to polish it, but I told him uh. I would... I wouldn't subtract marks to him if it was a little rough, and he could just edit it on his own time. Okay, like, is that... So, they're asking if they're the asshole for not reading the whole thing. Yeah, they haven't done it yet, but their their opinion is they don't want to read it. Would that harm the 11th grader? Hmm. You can share your thoughts first because mine are already developed unless you want me to do Okay. Um I have I do have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. If I were the one who had to grade that, I would be thinking the same thing. So I don't think you're a monster for thinking this. Okay? Oh, like, yeah, like that feels like a very human reaction to go, fuck. But also, um, I've read uh fucking fanfics that are 20,000 <laughs> words in an afternoon. So, like, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah, as, as <laughs> Pull up as, your big girl pants. As soon as they said there was no maximum, I was like, you fucked up. And I'm like, literally, there's kids that, w- especially because it's creative writing, there mm. are kids that can pump out, like, yep. straight up novels. In it, She gave them five days. Like, yeah. if anyone is very into writing, that's very doable. That's like yes. uh, Movember. How many? It's 10,000 words in Movember per day, right? November? Uh, uh, m- m- what is it? The Movember? No, NaNoWriMo. Na- uh, the- na- <laughs> okay, so NaNoWriMo is Movember National is Novel totally Writing thing. Month. They, where you write 50,000 words in a month. Okay, so it's not 10,000 by a day. No. <laughs> it's 1,000 a day. You, yeah, it's about 1,667 words a day um, to get to 5,000 words. Uh, 5,000, 50,000 words uh, in a month. Mm. And so 20,000 in five days is pretty doable. I've seen people do it before, especially kids who arguably, like, if, if like, the homework for, and you said there was a break? Yeah, there was a, a four-day-long weekend plus the day they worked on If it they class. have little to no homework for other classes, writing is their passion, and no job, they can spend all day writing. <laughs> yeah, okay? literally. They could spend as much time as they want. Um, okay, but here, here are my actual thoughts. I think it would be, because this person expresses, hey, would it be harmful? Like, would it be a dick move for me not to read it? Because this kid put all his time into it. As a writer, I would be crushed yeah. to find out that um, I, I wrote this thing for somebody and I was super excited for them to read it and then they never did. So, but what this person is expressing is that they're on a deadline, right? And they're also expressing that they don't want to crush this kid. Yeah. The, okay. There's parts of it that seem very genuine. Like, yeah. I, I don't, once again, like you mentioned, this is obviously a, a quick human feeling. It's just a little weird like not too sure because because there was no deadline uh, yeah um but they do I, show like that they care for the the kid they, yeah. they don't want to hurt him um i agree with your sentiment saying like that would crush the kid and yeah. this is why i'm kind of mad about it is because the content creator i was watching was a like 
teacher, so he took it more from the teacher side. Ugh. And, like, if it was a middle school kid, maybe yeah. I would, I would, like, validate not rating it. But because it's a high school kid that literally could try to be doing writing for, like, a career, like, yeah. you, you kind of have to. <laughs> I think my approach would be, like, okay, she's expressing, uh, she's got a deadline, um, you know, like, she wants to get these assignments back. She has so much to plow through. Um, she also hates sci-fi, but that's something else entirely. She should have specified no sci-fi if she didn't want to read sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you're a creative writing teacher, uh, so, but what she could do, like, a potential solution could be to approach the kid, be like, hey, is it okay if you get your assignment back a little later than everybody else? Yeah. Uh, I have a lot to plow through, and your assignment is, you know, big, and I would like to give it the attention it needs, right? Because that would give her time Yes. to actually read it uh, once she's de-stressed from reading 90 fucking creative <laughs> writing projects and then give it the attention it needs without you know because i'm assuming because she's marking them for a creative writing class that she probably leaves notes like that kid probably wants those notes yeah uh by the way i'm looking at the post she doesn't necessarily um, mention a deadline for herself but i'm sure it exists as a yeah. like, teacher you gotta as get those things out um here's the the question for you because it's a short story assignment does twenty two thousand words beat the like is it the opposite of what you would want for a short story because it's not necessarily short because yeah. that was a lot of comments is they were saying oh this kid failed the assignment it's supposed to be a short story he didn't take that into account so he's not understanding the actual thing Here's the thing. Yeah, that is a novella. That is a short novella. Because um, I think novellas are like between 20,000 or maybe it might even be 15,000 and 35-ish. If you get into the 40,000 range for a novella, then that's like a weirdly long novella, <laughs> you know? Um, because 50,000 is a short book. So it, listen, book categories are weird. But if I were that teacher, I would be like, I did not specify. Because, yeah, short story, like, listen, we just expressed this. The categories for what's a novella, what's a novel, and what's a short story are clearly very scuffed. <laughs> you know, like, there is, it's hard to distinguish um, between these things. So if a kid skirted up to my class with a 22,000-word novella, for a short story project that I did not specify the parameters for, I wouldn't fail him, you know? I wouldn't fail. Okay, so this is what I would do. I would read the first chapter and grade that for the assignment because that would be considered Ooh. the short story part. However, I wouldn't leave the kid high and dry. I would talk to him and I would be like, <clears throat> clearly you uh, are passionate about this um, yes. because... Of that I will take that into account and I don't mind reading and editing this for you even if I didn't like it like you you as a, a teacher should be able to edit an 11 year a, a, a grade 11's writing subjectively question mark I don't yes. know if that's the word I was looking for I think so um, just to make sure it's a little bit better than before um, the only thing I would be worried about is if the kid had written this before 
because there wasn't a lot of like restrictions if you're a writer you can pull up something that you've written before and just submit it granted, <laughs> 100% done that yeah. before <laughs> granted the kid asked for an extension so I do think he actually wrote it but that's yeah. one of the things I would get worried about where like he never wrote it for the assignment so it's I don't know I feel like that's not a problem here, but I would be careful about that. Like, that's not, as a creative writing teacher, you de- definitely need to, like, be specific. Specify that, Because yeah. people will take that and go. Yeah, I've never been in a creative writing class, but for, like, English assignments in high school, I was, I, listen, I, I write a lot. Um, not as much as I used to in high school, which is why I know that kid can <laughs> definitely write that much in five days. I 100% for assignments just like pulled up something I wrote like two days ago and was like, here, <laughs> take it. Yeah, um, I am. I, I feel if she or if the teacher didn't read the assignment, this would be soul crushing area. Yes. Um, especially if you, like, tried to ask the teacher about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, Glorgons, hee-hee, and you're like, you didn't read it. Um, because, like, this is your only validation. Your parents aren't gonna read your sci-fi. Like, your friends probably won't want to read your sci-fi either, unless you've got great friends. But (laughs) this is high school! Mm -hmm. He's- they're probably bullied for it. Um, so yeah, like, this is the only validation you can have, besides posting it online, which could get really- dicey so you want to be able to share this with someone and like in a creative writing course you should be able to um yeah (laughs) so i'd be really like i'd be really upset if the first thing was oh i was so uninterested in your story that i didn't read it then they're like oh i don't know if i could do this as a career or whatever because i had some invalidation of my skills in english class I, i by the way best english high school teacher ever but it was Mm. i don't know if i'm writing perfectly for this teacher that i've had for three years and she just likes my writing or if i'm actually good at writing so i had to take a couple university classes and by a couple i accidentally minored in english (laughs) (laughs) um uh, just to validate my writing skills to make sure that my like the what do you call it essay writing and my creative writing are really good so i took like the first year English class, which is just read this, analyze this, and I did. I got an A, and then I took. I a, love that a fantasy class because it sounded awesome, and I also got an A. And now I'm currently in a creative writing class, and I am expecting good things. Yay! Oh, that's so exciting. I've always wanted to take a creative writing class, but again, terrified. What if I walk into that class and then realize I'm actually shit at writing? (laughs) Well, that's, it's the validation for me. Like, there's, this one professor could be like, oh, I hate your style, F. Like, it's so subjective writing English, especially uh, creative writing. It's nerve-wracking. But I've had other problems with the course that is not related to grades, thankfully. But yeah, yeah, her assignments are very vague, and I'm always, like, bothering her. I'm like, hey, give me more, because if not, I will obviously not give you what you want. And that's really hard, because if you're like, oh, this student didn't understand the assignment, do I mark them wrong, or did I just communicate yeah. inefficiently? And you have to, like, 
balance that if you're a good person, obviously. Some people are just like, read the one line that I gave you and write what exactly right? I want. And you're like, fuck, man, I can't do that. I fucking hate it when professors give, if you're a professor, first of all, why are you listening to our podcast? <laughs> Second of all, um, don't give vague ass instructions. They are actually the worst i had this professor speaking of vague instructions this is one time vague instructions turned out good for me i was taking a mm, an anthropology course on uh fuck brain hello loading loading that sounds like a loading, really interesting loading. course <laughs> fuck you <laughs> uh, uh pa not paleolithic neolithic i don't know from like caveman times okay I was taking I was taking an anthropology course, um, and the professor gave this super weird, vague instructions for this essay. I don't even remember what the instructions were. I just know they were incredibly vague. And anytime you tried to answer, like get a question, like get an answer from him, it the, it just got more confusing um, because he he was pretty old. <laughs> so trying to get a straight answer out of him was. A pain in the ass. I wrote that paper. Ass blasted wasted. <laughs> and I got a hundred percent. Hell yeah. And I did not edit it. Let me reiterate this, kids. <laughs> Don't do that. But it did work out. Um I guess my drunk brain was able to decipher the true meaning of Christmas and <laughs> and figure out what to write. But holy fuck. In second year. I think any assignment I didn't want to write, I would sit down with, like, a cooler. And I was writing three reports per week and one essay per every second week. So I was, <laughs> I was drinking a lot of coolers. <laughs> I respect it. Second year was tough, man. Taking three labs with reports is so bad. Mm. Anyway, um, we need to have a verdict Oh, before we, I wanted to briefly mention, yeah, so the, the creative class I'm in now, they have a word, like, uh, maximum, which is fair. So she's like, yes. max 500 words, and like, what's the minimum? And she was like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is a creative writing course. If you're like, write a short story, I could literally write three words and have a short story. What's the minimum? And then she was like, uh, 200 words. <laughs> 500 words isn't a lot to say much in. I know. I get it. Because, like, she, she'll hand out... So this month, for example, she handed out 10 separate writing assignments, which is way too many. Like, you can't even That's finish them. That's a lot them. for a month. Well, the problem is I can't polish or finish the writing that I'm doing. So, like, yeah. they're all garbage, in my opinion, and they're not related to anything I want to do. Because she's like, you have to write from life. And I'm like, I want to write from fantasy. <laughs> my life is a fantasy, bitch. Well, there was one story that I asked her. I was like, okay, this is a, these are the parameters. It's called a postcard story. The only thing you have to meet is that it can fit on a postcard. <laughs> Nice. And I'm like, okay, that's so freaking vague. This is the one I'm going to ask. And I was like, hey, I wanted to join this course to practice writing in fiction and fantasy. And she she gave me a look and I was like, is, can I use this assignment to do it? She was like, yes, I, I allow it. Uh, the second part of the assignment is write the same story from a POV shift 
because we, we were talking about point of view shift. Anyway, I wrote a gladiator, <laughs> a gladiator battle uh, between a young girl who shouldn't be in the ring and a uh, warrior that's been champion for a long time. And like Gosh. I had 500 words to fully develop a narrative, <laughs> a narrative and con- come to a conclusion. And I can tell you it's so freaking rushed. If I had like another 500 words, it'd be real. Like I would be proud of the story. That is so frustrating. Yeah. Like even just hearing that, I'm like, I could sneeze 500 words. <laughs> that has like that is not enough. That is not enough space to develop a, a single personality trait of As, a character. Yeah, especially because I wanted to t- like kind of draw out the fight. Um, yeah. I couldn't do that. I basically introduced the two characters. They hit each other three times, and then the whole fight was resolved. And in real life, yeah, that actually happens. Like, fights aren't very long. But in a story, a fight could literally be, like, a whole season of, yeah. like, a movie or, or not a movie, uh, but a TV show or something. That's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, who do you think, or do you, is this person the asshole? Well... Oh, okay, here are the verdicts that we can do. We can do everyone sucks here you're the asshole or not the asshole or no assholes here we we don't actually know what they did they're schrodinger's asshole (laughs) (laughs) you know they they could be the asshole if they went the dickhead route didn't read it just slapped a grade on there or if they actually like took some of the advice in the comments and took a different approach, they could be just a chill person. So I'm going to say they're Schrodinger's asshole. I think they're an asshole. Their job, I mean, I can understand why. Like, I don't, I've marked things before. I wouldn't want to mark something that I clearly not into being, like, I really like sci-fi. What's what's your deal with sci-fi, man? But ultimately, this is a high schooler. This clearly matters to him. You should take this into account because this might be the only attention this kid gets. Yeah. If you do not read it, that is so mean to the such person. Such a dickhead move. They're they're offering, and because writing is such like a, a vulnerable thing, like this kid mm-hmm. is one hundred percent being vulnerable with you right now. And if you do not accept it, like that could crush them absolutely at least talk to them um yes but if you continue as is and just don't read it uh, and give them a hundred percent for something that they you have no idea whether it's good or not because technically like ten thousand words and they can be like "Ah, ah, 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 ah," and you'll never know because you didn't read it (laughs) um but yeah that would make you an asshole yes i agree is the kid an asshole for submitting a twenty thousand word uh, story for a short story submission Mm, well like we said there weren't any parameters slapped on that baby uh so i'm gonna say no i'm also gonna say probably just an enthusiastic kid we're gonna say no not an asshole 100 i could see myself if i got really excited about an assignment going a little bit overboard but you can always tell, or at least I hope you can tell, because I could always tell within my peers, when someone got invested into an assignment, you want that. As a teacher, 
Mm -hmm. I'd hope that you would want your kids to be excited about the things you assign. Now, some things obviously are just, they have a purpose to teach and that's totally fine. But if you can add fun or like develop these skills that these kids actually care about, why would you not? Yeah, exactly. I, it's, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because like there's nothing more frustrating than a teacher taking something you love and sucking all the fun out of it yeah. with their little with their little little alphabet vampire teeth with their little <laughs> long division vampire teeth <laughs> sounds like you have a specific story associated with the with this as soon as you brought in math well okay <laughs> listen i am a firm believer that i could have loved math the way i loved words if teachers hadn't st- Dumped every, every, every chance of it out of me. You know? There's no one specific incident. It's just... Over time. <laughs> the, listen, as somebody who does have an anxiety disorder, sitting in math, sitting in math class, and I'm, I'm very slow to process numbers. I can process numbers, but it takes time mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, and it takes even more time now that I have developed an honest-to-fuck fear of being yeah. asked any math question. Um, but having to sit there in a class as the quote-unquote smart kid and then having your intelligence called into question when you can't answer quickly or as immediately as everybody else, it ruins it. I, okay, we're going off top, but it's a good thing. I hate professors or teachers that call on you for an answer. Mm-hmm specifically math i know what you're talking about because uh like math is just really hard when you're put on the spot and if you're not like fully paying attention it's you're just gonna like be in a shitty situation in university and i'll tell this story again and again because i think it's so freaking funny um i was sitting in a biochem class so it's like second year and she uh, does this thing where she's reading her lectures and you're supposed to have read the slides already so she'll ask a question that's on the next slide and then Mm -hmm. um you're supposed to answer it right and she'll just like pull people you don't have to have your hand up and i'm like this is the worst way to learn so she comes to me one day and she's like uh sam can you answer this and what did she say specifically it was like would you like to answer this or whatever she gave me a choice basically and I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> because the way she worded it made it so I didn't have to answer it. And I was like, no, I- I'm okay. That. I knew the answer. I could have 100% said it. Um, something about amino acids. But I was like, I'm proving a point. I hate it when teachers call on me. Um, and she was like, oh, uh, okay. And then like moved on, but was like super confused. But then she stopped calling on me. And I was like, hell yes. yeah. If I have an I, answer, I'll put up my hand. I have a similar story. Um, so there was only a, you know this, I'm, I tell this to everybody. There was only a short period of time in high school where I was called on to answer math questions. <laughs> because we had this teacher and he again, just called on people randomly. Um, and I cried <laughs> in front of him twice, exactly twice. 
where he addressed me directly and I just burst out into tears oh. without saying a single word. Oh. Like he asked me a question and I went, <laughs> just cried. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's fucking hilarious because he, from that point on, was terrified of me and did not address me for the remaining two years I took school with him. <laughs> because he was so scared of making me cry <laughs> and, and let me get this straight Based. it was not like it was not a plan i was not like oh i'm gonna cry i was just depressed <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did ultimately work out in my favor because i never had to be called on again in math class and feel horrible ever again okay the reason why teachers call on you or at least from my understanding is to make sure you're paying attention and that you're getting the material I think that's the worst thing you can do. So stupid. Because one, there's that performance anxiety. But two, yeah, so like talking, making a point next to your peers that are very influential in high school is the worst thing you can do. Because people will literally, if you get it wrong, people will make fun of you. It's high school. Kids are mean. So it's very, like, high pressure, not only to get it right to, like, make sure the teacher doesn't think you're dumb, but to get it right so that your peers also don't think you're dumb. Um, I think that's where things different, like, uh, differ in most university courses, at least at my level, because um, I'm in grad school, is you, you're not called on, but you put yourself forward to express your thoughts on something. It's not... I need you to repeat back exactly this answer yeah. or else you'll be humiliated. It's what are your thoughts? Like you're developing opinions, you're developing critical thinking, you're putting things in a new light and you're having a conversation with your peers, which is fucking exciting <laughs> as hell, bro. <laughs> are you kidding me? I feel so smart when I sit in class and, and we're having that in-depth conversation and it's just it's great so if you are a youngster again why the fuck are you watching this i mean <laughs> uh no it's too late fuck is in our title um but you know if you do pursue a secondary education um know that it's not the same mm-hmm. not the same as high school there are two types of classes and i've taken both there are lecture classes, which is the most common, and then there's discussion classes. Yes! Both classes, if you speak up, you are not wrong. Even if the answer you provide is, like, it's not right, um, technically you are not wrong. Because how many times have I learned something from a, someone saying what I was thinking and then the teacher correcting them? It's such a common issue. Like, it, it's a great way to learn. That's why we have discussions. In high yeah. school, you can be 100% wrong and it's all on you. It's not on the teacher for, like, mm-hmm. say, not saying something clearly. It's not on the, like, student for contradicting your thoughts. you just, like, it's wrong. Um, and often you don't get a great explanation for that. Like, there's, oh, that's not right. This is the answer. But why is my answer not right? Right? Like, in university, they go through that and they tell you specifically why your thought process is wrong or, like, why it doesn't match what uh, parameters that might have been set because it's really hard yeah. to tell in discussion classes what is right and what's wrong because usually when you get oh my god there's so many times there's been like two oppositions and then for the next 30 <laughs> minutes it's just these two people talking about something they're passionate about 
I okay. <laughs> my favorite thing is in my undergrad, I took a uh, war technology class because I had to take a tech class. That's cool. And I was like, bitch, I'm not doing no computer science shit. So I took a class about the history of technology and war, basically. And that class was one big <laughs> discussion. It used yeah, to yeah. be um, so because war is such a touchy topic, right? And people have very strong opinions. Yeah. Um, so you'd have like literally wars in class but not heated wars because the professor is there to mediate and say yeah both of these points of views can be valid unless of course it was something heinous which it never was <laughs> we didn't have any <laughs> awful people in our class that's important um <laughs> Yikes. but like it was a very constructive thing but she would like write their names up on the board like tyler versus mark <laughs> oh my god really i love that <laughs> yeah. it was it was good and it it was pretty funny because um we had a um like a science fair at the end of the year uh to show off what we had been researching uh and i was in a group of four and we <laughs> we were doing a little something something on the history of um food and war and food technology and how that mixed with war. So we were talking barbed wire. We were talking cans. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, because I mentioned there was so much polarity in that class. I was on the team with a vegan, a pacifist, and the war historian beef farmer. <laughs> what are you though? What, where do, what would you label I, and, yourself? I, and me. And Lucy. <laughs> no, you gotta give yourself a, a cool ass label. Uh, barbed wire expert. <laughs> sure. I researched the barbed wire. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll take it. Okay, keep going. But the point is, it was kind of beautiful because you had these, like, two very different opinions, right? Mm -hmm. Vegan, pacifist, uh, fucking war historian beef farmer beef beef and beef, we got number beef. one baby hell yeah the synergy was beautiful i did a, an assignment in my first year english class with a partner um we did a presentation on i think it was do androids dream of a electric sheep we called it dedoys <laughs> uh, but we did a we did a yeah it was so in the book it talks about this like android and the whole um theme about it is is this android human they're showing human emotions but they're treated like a robot right mm -hmm. um so <laughs> our our uh presentation was on at what point does life become life so Ooh. We had these two stances, like, this makes you an android, this makes you not human. And then we had, this makes you human, therefore we should treat this uh, bot as a human, right? And yeah. we had two people take separate stances. We sat, or we stood at the front of the classroom for, like, 20 minutes and didn't say an, a word. Well, <laughs> the professor on one side, arguing <sighs> about life was talking to the other student that just likes to cause shit. Like, he would take that devil advocate oh, no. for everything. 
and they went on for 20 minutes and the professor actually emailed us after our discussion like after our after the class and said that was one of the best discussions he's had in a long time in his class we got yes. an a plus <laughs> yeah we didn't even do anything we just gave him a question but that's where like discussion really t- takes off because we were able to present an idea and we got them started we were like oh your life if you're conscious and you feel things or you're an android if you have tasks and you're like you your only uh, goal is to carry out those tasks and you don't care if you hurt anyone doing that right mm-hmm. and then they took that and then they went so like we did our job we gave the presentation we told you what was in the book and we gave points and we could have went like we could have had our own 20 minute discussion because we decided we would take like devil's advocate so i was i think i was on the side of the android and he was on the side of life so yeah not only was it just those two people but we could throw in something to reignite the fire <laughs> i fucking love that and like I... we just stood back and it was like watching everything come together was so satisfying i i will admit to being sometimes a little bit of a shit disturber <laughs> in certain classes not a devil's advocate person I think sometimes people who are like, haha, I always play the devil's advocate, uh, have their heads a little too far up their asses. Yeah. <laughs> we all know somebody who's like that. We don't even have to describe them because we know. Um, but I had a theory course. And in my theory course, uh, we had a whole front row full of, this was a uh, high English theory, but we had a whole front row full of philosophy students. Ooh, okay. And I liked, <laughs> and I sat all the way in the back and I liked to poke them with a stick. <laughs> I would just ask, I would not say anything else, not participate, but then just ask something that would set them all <laughs> off the rest of the class. <laughs> because admittedly, most theory is incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. But if the philosophy students talk enough, we didn't have to learn about it. <laughs> I've done that before. Get the teacher talking so that they don't have to, they can't teach you anything. Oh, it's um, a beautiful thing. I like to do this too. So only for certain people, depends on the mood, depends on the context, whatever. I'll have those like deep conversations that you get into and you learn a lot about yourself. Yes. Um, I like talking to people. And, it, like I said, not, like you said, sorry, not being devil's advocate, but definitely, like, poking the bear with a stick. Because often people don't have, like, developed views about certain things. So I'm talking, yeah. like, death penalty, abortion, like, all those, like, very controversial things where someone yeah. might have a very strong one-sided stance. So I'll say stuff that'll, like, okay, I want you to completely elaborate on why you feel like this. And then I'm going to throw in a, something that's, like, slightly contradictory contradict what what's what's Con- the uh it contradicts it let's yeah, go with that <laughs> it, it's slightly controversial there we go controversial oh, God. Ah. english is hard uh, but yeah english it's slightly hard. controversial but it's on along the lines of their thought process to make them consider the other side or the opposition because i like i personally like uh being a part of these conversations to broaden my horizons i have never once told someone that they were wrong for the thoughts that they have i often have this discussion with people who do not share the same thoughts as me because it's quite interesting for me to see their thought process however if i can educate someone in the meantime 
um, or learn something because I have changed my stance after having a conversation with someone from what they've learned. Like that's 100% bonus, right? Mostly it's just me being like, develop your thoughts better. (laughs) (laughs) Give do, give me extra paragraphs after your abstract. I need more. I need citations. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know I if you, you you like those conversations. Sometimes I'm like, don't ever I talk do. to me. <laughs> I, well, I like having, I don't know, you know, those deep conversations that you have when like you and your friends are up late Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, let's talk about life and shit. Those are my fucking favorite. Those hit. And like friends that you can have those conversations with and have like deep conversations about the world and and like what you believe not just like oh teehee um boys i don't know why (laughs) my brain went there but i'm I'm thinking like in a sleepover setting you know like when you have those those oh i broke my elastic band sorry i'm playing with an (laughs) elastic band um but like those i live for those deep conversations man 2 a.m fucking post mario kart talking about the world and shit that's that's yeah the stuff i was mentioning like i usually do talk about controversial stuff because it's more funny um and like people swear more (laughs) i'm not a psychopath (laughs) evil um but stuff like just like what's life after death and other things are also on the table and like there's no right answer to that we have no proof you could literally say whatever you want uh, did so good. did we want to talk about libraries? Because it's sure that's, that feels in. like a natural progression. We talked about we talked about school stuff and discussions, and now libraries. You know where you can't discuss things in the library. Be quiet. <laughs> you can discuss things in some parts of the library. No, be quiet. This is a quiet. Okay. They, well, there are study zones. You know, there uh, certain libraries have like on the first floor you can have quiet conversations but then like every floor you go up from there it gets quieter which i love by the way can we it's take so good five hierarchy seconds. of peace can we take five seconds pov you're in a library all right thank you <laughs> i was like what are we doing <laughs> just nothing um it, so like usually i go to the first floor in the library there's no uh, volume restrictions on the first floor so a lot of people just like eat lunch in the library and that's what yeah. i do i i've been hanging out in the library a lot lately to get work done because i find it useful to get out of my space mm-hmm. to motivate me usually i'll see that the pug has bones and i'll <laughs> and I'll, I'll i'll be like i gotta get out of the house the pug has bones which means i have to have bones which means I gotta get work done. I'm sorry, what does the pug has bones mean? You don't know? I don't about know. About noodles? Who's noodles? Noodles is a beautiful 13-year-old pug. And every day his owner picks him up to see if he has bones. What the f- If the pug sits up and does indeed have bones, those are good portends, my friend. It is an auspicious day to get things done. If the pug floops the pug does not have bones it is a self-care day do not schedule anything important on this day i love that it's on tiktok okay all you got to do is search up uh probably you could search them up on google noodles the pug no bones versus bones day (laughs) 
And I, listen, the pug knows. The pug knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been spending a lot of time at the library uh, getting stuff done. And that shit has been delightful. I really like the second floor. Okay, going up to the third and fourth floor, those are the intense people. I can't hang out with them. If I, like, <laughs> accidentally scrape my pencil across the page the wrong way, I feel like I've committed a sin. Uh, the second floor, though, is really nice for, uh, like, final studying. I don't do a lot of studying. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> I, I don't need to, because, like, a lot of my semester is just work. And any assignments you do, you are studying through doing work. So it's not like a lot of, oh, read through these slides and take notes and stuff. Because I do that other ways. And then when I'm doing work, I usually need to be at my computer. So anyway, I don't need to be out of my room very much to do work. Although I prefer it. Mine is a lot of essay writing. I also do map making. Yeah. Because I'm taking a geospatial information course. Which um, is so cool, by the and way. And the software... <laughs> It is pretty fun. Uh, the software is frustrating, though. We use ArcGIS Pro for any of you nerds out there. Um, but the software is accessed through, like, a proxy. Um, oh, yeah. And so it's just easier to do on campus. There is. Okay, I have the uh, program on my computer. Very, very uh, not legal. Anyway. Uh, the, the program costs like $10,000 or something for one license. Ooh. Like it's really expensive. There is one computer on campus that has it and you can log in um, via the proxy. Like you can, you, you basically sign into the computer via your computer. Uh, yeah. But it's a 2003 computer. And Ugh. if anyone else tries to sign on to it, you get kicked off. So you have a class of 30 students accessing one computer there's assignments weekly. Yeah, it doesn't work. I, I got the, the, the fake copy. Um, but that is so frustrating that that's a thing that we have to do. That's horrible. And you said this is at the library? This would be in the professor's office. <laughs> the professor's office? Yeah, the 2003 whatever Windows computer just sitting there. Oh my god, somebody needs to hit up your university library and say, hey, this is the situation on your next buying day, could you please consider buying a second software? See, there's only like 30 chemistry students, like, and even then, it's even fewer that actually have to access the software. I feel like it's not going to be justified. But well, still, if it's used every year, sometimes they have like a, um, like a ratio, like this many students per yeah. uh, item you know tech services could sauce him a new computer they could do the man a solid and give him like an updated computer but i don't know um the chem department spends a lot of money <laughs> mm. i feel like that's the problem <laughs> there listen libraries have big budgets libraries listen and it's not enough <laughs> it's never <laughs> enough because resources are expensive especially databases so i'm just saying maybe uh, contact uh, your uh, uh, information resource uh, management department at your library and just be like hey not asking you to make any promises but consider this <laughs> i would not know how to do that it makes me so sad when i see an underfunded community library oh my god yes 
I'm thinking of a specific one. Okay, we had two libraries in our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was okay. One of them was severely lacking. Yeah. Although it was used probably more than the main one, unfortunately. Is that the one in my town? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been there, like, twice, and you guys don't have a lot of books. You had um, no. classics and stuff, but you never had anything new. No. Um, it... Go ahead. No, you go. You weren't done expressing your thought. As a child, my mother often left me at the library because she was, like, learned something. Also, I kind of liked the library. Um, but having only a section of kids' books was really limiting for me. Um, yeah. I eventually was able to ask the library, and they were able to make some suggestions for young adult or uh, more advanced literature, which, nice. But often it was just like, here's the, like, 50 books you can pick from. You've already read 20 of them. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Something that really helps these days is most every province will have a library website. Yeah. You know? And here's a fun factoid. I, I never get sick of of helping people discover this. You can take out ebooks from your local library online. And you can take out audiobooks. If they have it, some libraries aren't really. But even our our uh, provincial library at home has audiobooks that you can get. And like, if you if if, and I love telling people that because they're like, oh man, I really want to listen to to this audiobook or read this book, but I don't want to pay for it. I'm like, fun fact: at libraries, you can get them for free. Libraries? <laughs> um, okay, keep going. And no, my only other point is. And if you're like confused about how to um, download an ebook or an audiobook or use an online library system, call and ask a librarian or go in and see them. I promise they will be thrilled to help you out uh, because I recognize that, you know, some people are technologically challenged. I'm one of them right here. Uh, but also, um, library websites. Are, are sometimes confusing and oftentimes they're shit <laughs> and I judge them <laughs> frequently. Libraries are so important in our society because it's one of the only free spaces that you, yeah. you can like just exist in. Not only yeah. that, it's there for your benefit. Like they have washroom facilities, they have uh, internet access and y they specifically want you to take advantage of it. They're like, come into the library we are here for you. And that's one of the best things um, that they can offer. It really makes me sad when we see like libraries close or um, staff cuts and stuff like that. Because there's people that are very motivated to work in this space. And then there's people that are, ha can easily benefit, whether you're a scholar or just doing like some casual reading. We're yeah. kind of losing that and it makes me sad. Uh, the online stuff is really cool, though. I've yet to dive in one because i have no time two because i don't understand it and librarians uh or at least libraries y'all can use for a little uh use a get some benefit from a little user interface design mm -hmm. listen <laughs> that's a little because <laughs> whoever designed the library did not avail of their local information manager plug plug hire me <laughs> i'll manage your information <laughs> that and probably they don't have the budget to hire someone professional yeah. enough to build a good like website like i've looked at um ontario libraries versus like our libraries and we lack in a little bit but oh what yeah do you, our, what... our provincial library 
website from home is the fucking worst. <laughs> what can you do? It is what it is. It works. Yeah, it it works for now. I hope one day in the future that we'll be able to um, fix it up. Because the actual like online digital library is like really good. And the librarians, whoever they have um, in in the main area, they they make really good reading lists, um, which is brilliant. Like I see um, all kinds of 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 cool. Because here's the thing: when you're finding a book, you could be like, "Oh yeah, this is sci-fi. Oh yeah, this is comedy," or you can be like enemies to lovers romance <laughs> novels the get them here hot and ready folks well that's super important for someone who might not know how to like pick books like it's so hard to navigate you have one front page and then maybe one synopsis that tells you what's inside the book and you have to decide whether it's good enough to read or not so having these people that are literally experts it's like having a mannequin you don't know yeah. how these clothings clothings you don't know how these clothes fit together, but if someone who knows what they're doing can present it in a, a proper fashion, like it just makes it a more enjoyable experience. You're like, yeah. oh, this top goes with uh, these pants. Maybe it's I'll called, buy both. Um, reader's advisory. Love it. And I learned about it in library school. <laughs> I really like libraries. I wish I could spend more time there, but I'm too busy doing reports. You. And I all I do is Google, like Google Scholar, freaking compounds and boring ass reports as a future librarian i forgive you <laughs> thank you uh did we want to i know we could talk about live we could have our own episode about libraries but we're getting we up really there could. let's do obsessions yes you go first because i still gotta think of one my <laughs> obsession is this safety third podcast so there's a couple of scientific youtubers uh it's like niall red who's really into chemistry the main reason why i listen to it there's William Osmond and like Backyard Scientists and they have a couple other people that come on and off. But it's a podcast about, it's supposed to be about safety and like how their YouTube videos uh, get a lot of comments of regarding like, this isn't safe or like, you didn't do this right or like whatever. So they, yeah. they like bring up the really ridiculous comments and stuff. But it's also about just like them being dumb. Like they don't have an agenda. <laughs> so like the Nile Red guy. They're like us. <laughs> Literally, uh, Nigel was talking about the how he drank like a gallon of chocolate milk per day to gain oh, weight, no, <laughs> and how that was such a bad idea. And he's oh, like, no. he used to wake up and drink like the milk in the shower just so that he could get it down before he like did his daily stuff. And I'm like, that's such that's Why such a dumb thing. That? I'm glad you were able to share it. Oh, God. Or, like, he talked about... I love his stories because they're totally not on topic. Uh, but he talked about how he was super sick. He's Canadian, and he was visiting his American friends, and he was like, I don't want to go to an American hospital, but I'm too sick to fly home. So he kind of just accepted his death. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and he didn't tell his friends, and they were like, hey, next time you're feeling this whack, like, please let us know. But he ate Arby's, and he got better. <laughs> <laughs> like Arby's. He, he was talking about how he was completely delusional and he couldn't make the de these decisions. So he was making these decisions of like, oh, I'm like just gonna die without consulting or consulting anyone, which is like oh, super no. scary. And he was like, yeah, 
looking back at it, I really should have told someone. Because he, uh, yeah. he was, like, losing feeling in his arms or, like, losing vision and stuff. And you're like, that's not good. You should have went to the hospital. <laughs> anyway. Great podcast. I think it's really fun. They also do talk about their safety and, like, the behind the scenes. So when you see uh, a YouTuber, like, oh, I'll stand behind a lead plate. Like, there's a reason why. And there are, like controls that they put in to be safe and they might not be the safest thing but they know that they're taking a risk and it's just really cool to see i love that yeah uh my obsession of the week is the common room uh on my campus so my program has its own common room where you can like go hang out and study and stuff and aside from visiting the library a lot, I've also been hanging out there a lot. Uh, and it's great because I can walk into the building, I could get a little cookie, a little coffee from the cafe, Aww. and then I go up to the fourth floor and I go to my common room and I, I boop in with my little card because it's you got to use your card again because we're exclusive bitches. <laughs> and, um, I set myself up and... and uh, I, I study or not study, but write essays and stuff. And it's great because we're an information management slash LIS program. We're surrounded by books. It's all comfy couches. It's mwah, chef's kiss. Are there usually people in the common room or is it empty? Yeah, sometimes there will be like two or three people there. I have such a problem with the uh, student lounge for chemistry. Not because anything actual. I'm a TA. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I do the chemistry TA, so that distances me from the students uh, to an extent, but also I'm not taking any general chemistry classes, so I'm not in their classes. So they see me only as their TA, not as their peer, which is totally uh... fine. I'm totally comfortable with that. But when I walk into the student lounge, they look at me and they give me that face like, professor outside of class type thing <laughs> you're real well, i don't just hallucinate you between the hours of 12 and 3 i pay yeah literally i pay for a locker so that i can keep my uh my lab stuff in because one they get stinky sometimes you don't want to bring those chemicals back to your house but two like it just makes it easier i don't have to bring like two bags to school uh so i go into the like lounge to get my stuff and then they all look at me because they'll, they'll be doing like homework or whatever right before lab like it's quite a, a loud hangout because yeah. there's nowhere else to go you could chill in the hallway you could chill in the student lounge and that's always like i give a little like smile and wave and then i just like scurry out because <laughs> it feels weird I've, I've never fair. had a class with these people that like two years younger than me i don't know how to address the like slight authority i have over them because i don't want to have like that disparity but it is what it is like i can't yeah i, I don't have that uh, pe like student relationship with them anyway <laughs> uh did you have anything else you wanted to say about your cover because no, i kind of overtook just, it no it's just enjoyable to have somewhere else to be other than my room hell yeah especially when i was on campus in second year whole oh, tiny box don't like tiny box yep Thank you for listening to We're So Fucking Sorry. You can find us both on Twitch at twitch.tv slash remove Sam. And at twitch.tv slash I'm Sorry Lucille. You can also follow us on Twitter at FKM underscore sorry. And make sure you always count your eggs in the fridge in case they hatch. Mm -hmm. You don't want those baby birds to freeze to death in there. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs>